0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a memorial—no, not Memorial Day. <laughs> it is a Labor Day Monster Monday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And yes, I had a very fun Sunday, so I need to knock some of the cobwebs out. It's not Memorial Day; it's Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody! Happy NFL season week, happy five days a week here on the Ross Tucker football podcast and happy Madden giveaway week. I've got a bunch of Maddens to give out to you guys over the next few weeks. I haven't decided yet, though, what I'm going to ask you to do in order to try to get one. So I will figure that out and I will let you know tomorrow on a Power Rankings Tuesday, make sure. You check out Emory Hunt on today's College Draft Podcast. It is three podcasts in one. I mean, it's an NFL Draft Podcast. We go over the top prospects. College football, we talk about the biggest games. And a college football betting. He was all over getting UCLA in the points. UCLA won by double digits. You might want to listen to Emory Hunt on the College Draft Podcast. We will have winners at the end of the week. We always do. We'll have a spread the word winner via social media. It blows my mind away that more of you don't enter that contest by just engaging with our social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook in any capacity at Ross Tucker, NFL at Ross Tucker pod sponsor confirmation, email winner. You got a great chance to win. I only get a couple of them sent to me a week. So if you take advantage of any of our glorious sponsors, like 10,000 shirts and shorts, I'm wearing a 10,000 shirt and shorts, Right now, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, Raycon earbuds, Hello Fresh Food, Express VPN, Virtual Private Network, Simply Safe. There's a lot you could hit up this week and be able to go ahead and be the sponsor confirmation email winner. And then the YouTube shout out you're just subscribing to the YouTube page, which is free, of course, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I see when people make comments. If I see your comment, you get a great chance to get a cameo-style shout-out from yours truly. Cannot wait, by the way, momentarily, to talk to Joel Corey. hasn't been on the show in a while. Former longtime NFL agent. He, I believe, is the best when it comes to player contracts. And there were certain things with Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, among others, Seattle, that I really wanted to get some clarity From Joel, we're getting lots and lots of patrons. It happens this time of year. You guys like to know about my press box food grades. You like to know about the power rankings, the even money bets. We post all that stuff to our private Slack channel. For those of you that are patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media. Shout out to Scotty Enright. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined now by my buddy, Joel Corey. It's been a while since he's been on any of my shows. I don't know why. I follow him on Twitter. I still think he is the best guy out there when it comes to player contracts. You want to know the actual numbers, the actual information. Joel Corey is your guy. You can check him out on social media like I do, at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y, J-O-E-L. Joel, of course, a former agent. And now you do a bunch of things, right, Joel? I know you have your own show. You write. I think you train agents. Give me me the latest rundown.
1: Yeah, I got a ton of things going on. Um, I'm on a podcast now called Inside the Cap, which is on salary, cap, and contract matters. I'm still writing my agent's take column for cbssports.com. Um, I teach classes for SMWW. Um, One of them is on how to be an agent. Another is a prep course for people who want to become certified agents and pass an FLPA exam. So that's kind of like if you were taking the SAT, LSAT, or whatever standardized test. It's geared just to pass that test.
0: Got it. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I knew you were doing a bunch of things. So I feel like it's, a, it's a, an interesting time of year from a player contract standpoint, and I had a few specific questions for you, theories of mine, that I wanted to get your take on. I, I guess let's start with Cam Newton. Uh, you know, given the fact that his salary of $1.5 million is guaranteed, I guess the first question would be, Joel, why do you think the Patriots cut him as opposed to just having him as the backup?
1: I think it's a couple of reasons. One, for your backup, you want someone, if you have a rookie quarterback who isn't kind of a threat to the starter, that's Brian Hoyer. He's not a threat. Who can be a sounding board, kind of like an extra coach. Cam's been a starter his whole career. So that's not him. He's had a commanding presence in the locker room. So Matt Jones' ability to lead, in a sense, could be compromised by having Cam because of his commanding presence. Two, I'm not discounting the unvaccinated, um, um, status because in a moment's notice, he could be unavailable. You can see it happen on a number of teams this year, particularly like Minnesota or Buffalo. That probably factored into it, um, as well. And plus his contract was basically what you would pay a great backup. So yeah, they're in three six in terms of uh, what he's gotten out of the deal so far. The $1.5 million base salary is subject to an offset. But if you look at the guys who were bridge quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton, their guarantees were like six and seven and a half million. And their base value was 10 million, where they could make 12 to 13 through incentives. So, yeah, you can say that three six is a lot um, to eat but compared to other people in his same situation, it's not.
0: And then, in that, that being the case, I, I said on a couple of outlets last week, including here on the Ross Tucker podcast, I don't picture Cam getting more than minimum from anybody, so it makes no sense in my mind for him to sign unless he's going to play somewhere. Otherwise, he's really just working and
1: going to the meetings and prat- for free, right? Right, exactly. Um, the thing is, when Cam was released by Carolina and the timing was inopportune, there wasn't a lot of interest in him. So he saw play last year. He started out the beginning of the year, played well. I don't know how much COVID affected him, but it wasn't a great year for Cam. There wasn't a lot of interest this year, which is why he went back to New England on this contract. And when Ron Rivera, his ex-coach, and a lot of times if there's a guy who loves you, He'll bring you on. They don't want him right now in Washington. where's He's not going to come in and start anywhere. His best bet is waiting for an injury to an established quarterback because it's inevitable the injuries are going to happen, and maybe that's his chance to come in unless he just really wants to play football and he's willing to be a backup. And if he's willing to be a backup and be content with that, then New England may have thought, well, we'll just keep him around. One interesting place to me is Jacksonville, just from the standpoint that Urban Meyer recruited him to Florida, and then he had some off-the-field issues, which caused him to leave Florida. But still, I'm, I'm with you. I think Cam Newton kind of sits this thing out for now and kind of waits and see what happens if there's some sort of intriguing opportunity develops for him.
0: All right. While we're on the case of quarterbacks, I got a lot to ask you about as it relates to Deshaun Watson. Okay. So it appears right now, Joel, that the Texans are going to end up just sitting on him for the year, which I understand from multiple standpoints. Number one, no one's going to give them close to what they want for him right now. Anyway. And number two, you know, if you trade him now to the dolphins or somewhere else, then the draft picks you get back are going to be worse because you're going to help them win a bunch of games. So it, that part of it I understand. I think it's crazy his salary is only, quote-unquote, only $10.5 million this year. Here's my thing, though, okay? If the Texans are prepared to just have him be inactive every week and pay him the 10.5 to just keep the asset to be able to trade this off season. From a financial standpoint, why don't they just tell him he has to play? Why don't they just be like, no, you're playing. And if he refuses, just start taking some of that 10.5 that they owe him. I mean, I I guess I don't see what the downside is there, Joel. How much can they fine him? Because he obviously doesn't want to play for them. But they don't want him to play anyway. But they can just say you have to play. And either he plays or they can take off a lot of the money that they owe him this year.
1: Well, if they just don't want to send them, put them on ice, and it's essentially the same thing as being, I guess, unofficially on the commissioner's exempt list, they could make him a scout team quarterback each week if they wanted to. If he didn't want to do that, then the big fine would be for conduct detrimental. And now there's progressive discipline under the CBA, where the first offense is 40%, the second offense is 70%, and the third percent is 100%. Or you can just warn the guy a couple of times to get to the 100%. And the max fine for conduct detrimental is a one-week fine of salary and or suspension of four weeks. So it'd basically be on ice for four weeks without pay and lose five weeks of salary, which for him would be about $3 million. Um, but I think this is kind of a wink and nod agreement where we don't want you to play, you don't want to play, and we'll just – Hey, you, just don't make any waves. I, I
0: agree with that, but why not just say to him, "Hey, listen, nobody wants to trade you what you're worth, and you're playing and you're starting." I mean, on some level, Joel, and I don't know this, but on some level, it feels like the Eagles were willing to trade Zach Ertz, but nobody gave him what they thought Ertz was worth. They told Ertz, "Hey, we couldn't get value for you. You're playing." If I'm the Texans, unless they don't want him to play from like a um, you know, PR standpoint with the allegations against him, they don't want him out there, and they don't want him out there if everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Like I understand that, but I, I guess you know me, Joel. Even though I'm a former player, I can be pretty cutthroat. I'd be like, dude, you're playing, and if he didn't, I'd find him to max him out because if I'm already going to wait till the end of the year and trade him anyway – I'd rather pay him as little of that $10.5 as I can. He, I mean, he's the one that got in trouble, and he's the one that doesn't want to be here.
1: Yeah, I think most teams would probably approach it that way, but consider what team we're talking about, the, the Texans. I know Nick Casario is the new GM, but is he really the one who is the main power broker? Because the reason why uh, Deshaun Watson is unhappy is, first, he was promised to have input in who was going to be GM and coach, and then Jack be kind of usurped the process, and none of his suggestions were um, given real consideration. So if it's a Jack be show, then, hey, what do you expect, given his uh, history? But, yeah, you make a valid point there. And I, I can't imagine Bill Belichick in this situation. But like, hey, we're fine with you just uh, chilling for the year. Bill Belichick would be like, you're playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's how I would handle it. How would you handle, Joel, what's going on in Seattle? Now, you and I are recording this a couple of days earlier because of the Labor Day holiday, so who knows what happens, you know, next couple of days. But, you know, first it was Jamal Adams. Now it's Dwayne Brown and Quandre Diggs. Joel, the, the Seahawks have kind of set a precedent where it's like, okay, you come here, but don't participate in anything You'll eventually get what you want. This hold-in thing, uh, the NFL, I'm sure there are some front offices that are very uneasy about this because they're kind of normalizing showing up so you can't get fined but not doing anything.
1: Yeah, well, the guy to blame for that in Seattle is Bobby Wagner because two years ago, Bobby Wagner had a hold-in during the whole offseason season. So he could one avoid the mini camp fine, and two for the first few days of training camp before his deal was started. So in Seattle, that's the genesis of the hold in. Two, the bigger issue is the way fines work in a holdout under the CBA. It's for guys under veteran contracts, it's fifty thousand dollars per day, and that fine isn't forgivable. You used to be able to waive it or reduce it, so no one's going to lose up upwards of two million dollars in a training camp holdout anymore. Now, that's where some of the Sean Watson stuff comes into play in this situation, namely Dwayne Brown. Because from what I understand, Diggs is more of an insurance issue that he's waiting to have insurance put in place um, in case something happens this year and he's going to play. But Brown's a guy who missed, I think, six games in Houston before they traded for him in Seattle in a holdout. So he's shown resolve. But you could give him the warnings of conduct detrimental, as well, and then if he doesn't play in the first game. That's a threat to, threat to suspend him for conduct decremental, you know, for the max amount to try to get him back out on the field because it is unprecedented. It would be for a player under contract to not provide services um, if he's healthy. Now, if I'm brown and I want to take this thing into the regular season, I go to Jalen Ramsey route that all of a sudden. From working out or something, because he's doing something to be prepared for football. Same with T.J. Watt um, in Pittsburgh. That I have some sort of hard to pin down issue or injury when talking to a doctor. Like Jalen Ramsey had the back issue to force a trade. I've got a soft tissue issue injury. He's got he's got a knee problem. So my knee's bothering me, and they know he's got chronic, a chronic knee. So. I can't go because of the need, to try to cover myself. If I'm Dwayne Brown, I'm going to pull it out to its extreme extent to try to get paid this year. The thing is, he's 36 years old and there's not a lot of precedent for tackles of that age and beyond playing at a high level. Andrew Woodworth excluded. So I understand the reservation in Seattle, but yeah, they've opened up a can of worms with this whole hold-in thing and how they've handled it. And the interesting thing is, this is a team which has taken a hardline stance of holdouts in the past because they didn't pay camp chancellor they didn't pay earl Thomas in a holdout but now with the hold ins, they're kind of back on their heels
0: yeah it's it's uh it's fascinating joel it really is and i i think they're gonna have to just start to find these ins. i mean find them for conduct detrimental if, they, if that's what they're gonna do but at that point the guys will just fake an injury and there's nothing they can do at that point so this is interesting um I guess my last question is just these roster rules, right? We've got veterans on practice squad. We've got 16-man practice squads, the short-term IR. Now that it's year two, Joel, I'm not sure I really see it ever going back. I mean, I I think one year was one thing, but to have a second year of short-term IR, some vets on practice squad – 16 guys in the pre- I, I I don't really envision them going backwards next year. Do you?
1: The longer you keep it, the harder it is to go backwards. I've always been an advocate of short-term IR. When I got started in the business pre-salary cap, IR was four weeks you could come back. Once the salary cap came in, it was IR, you're done for the year. Then they, the, the one designated guy for return now two in a non-pandemic year, but I like the short-term comeback after three, three weeks. And in the CBA, the practice squad should be 12 players as opposed to 16, where you have two exemptions for guys with unlimited uh, accrued seasons. So you could have 10-year vets for those two spots. Now it's four. Um, that's interesting from the standpoint. You've seen guys like David Harrison who was on the practice squad in Seattle before he got in shape. Jermaine Johnson, who was after he was cut from the Jets from that contract, making $14, $15 million per year, was on a practice squad. Some of these uh, older guys, $14,000 a week, Uh, not worth my time, but if you really want to get back in the game, great. So I kind of like the way the rules are now, so I hope they stay.
0: Check him out. I'm with you, by the way. I totally agree. Uh, Check him out on social media, like I said, at Corey Joel. That way – You can know when Joel's podcast is posted, as well as read his stuff at CBS. Like I said, I'm not aware of anybody that is as up on the rules and the numbers as Joel. Uh, Invaluable resource when it comes to any type of contract issue. I knew he would have the answers on Deshaun Watson and the fine amount, the hold-in stuff. And I had forgotten that Cam's salary was guaranteed till I saw you tweet it last week, Joel, which is why I said he's not signing anywhere anytime soon and he's not going to play for free. So all great stuff, Joel. Great to see you again. Great to talk with you again. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Huge fan of Joel Corey because he knows the exact answer to all of my very specific questions. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. A lot of interaction. Andrew, who I'll ask him and talk to him about on Wednesday, he interacted with my tweet regarding my belief that the Texans should go ahead and make Deshaun Watson play and see what he does then. If he, does, if he says he's not going to play, then you can save a bunch of money. Anyway, I'm also a huge fan of Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report named best home security system of 2021 just got even better by the way u.s news or world report they're the same people that named princeton the number one national university so they know what they're talking about and by the way simply safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera these are huge like this is just the way the world is now you need to have cameras around your house for a lot of different reasons this brand new wireless outdoor security system is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need ultra wide 1080p hd it's amazing to learn more about the exciting new simply safe wireless outdoor security camera visit simplysafe.com/tucker what's more simply safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafecom slash Tucker.
2: Hey, Ross. Happy Labor Day. Let's start today. The big news out of Dallas. All pro right guard Zach Martin testing positive for COVID. So, He is out for Thursday night's opener against Tampa Bay.
0: So this is interesting, Bri, on a couple different levels. Now, number one, I have said that this would impact a lot of games this year, and we already see the first game it's impacting. Now, my point had been more that vaccination status is going to – impact some games because of the close contact and because of the differences of the NFL rules. I I believe Zach Martin is backstage. I don't know that, I guess. But, you know, there have been what they call breakthrough cases, and there are going to be more. And it's interesting, Brian. just as we started to record this this morning, Field Yates said that the Dolphins have put starting left tackle Austin Jackson And tight end Adam Shaheen on the reserve COVID list. Now, I know Shaheen has been very outspoken about not wanting to get vaccinated. So, I don't know if he tested positive or he's just a close contact or what. Uh, But I know that, you know, a lot of these college players, I mean, a lot of these NFL guys went away for Labor Day weekend. They went back to see their college play or their high school or whatever. And I think, you know, they hung out. They were social. I think a lot of these NFL teams are very nervous about, you know, guys testing positive, uh, whether they're vaccinated or not. I think they're worried about it. So could be a lot of news the next couple of days. We, of course, will be all over it, especially since we are
2: daily now. Tuck the Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder also testing positive. Uh, and the Bucks coach Bruce Arians announced that his entire organization 100% vaccinated.
0: Well, that's kind of like I said with the Falcons. That's that's a competitive advantage. I mean, it's a competitive advantage because people are less likely to test positive, less likely to transmit it, less likely to have symptoms. We know all those three things. But also, you know, there are teams that are not 100% vaccinated. So just the whole close contact thing, it gives the Bucks a competitive advantage based on what the NFL's rules are this year. As for Crowder, it might be Elijah Moore time for the Jets in the slot right from the start.
2: takes Some running back news. Let's get to that. Uh, Since we spoke on Thursday morning, Raiders signed Peyton Barber off of Washington's practice squad. Falcons inked Wayne Gallman, and the Panthers claimed Royce Freeman off waivers after he was cut by Denver
0: kind of interesting, right? Cuz everybody's always making the case that running backs aren't that important. I don't know if this makes the I don't know if this reinforces that or not. Right? I mean, on the one hand, all these teams, it was important to them to get better running backs. So, it's a priority to them. They're about to play a season. They want to make sure they got a good backup and a good third string guy. The flip side is, I guess maybe you could argue, yeah, you can always get guys like this. You can always get a Peyton Barber off a practice squad or sign Wayne Gallman off the street or claim a Royce Freeman. So I don't know what, I don't know what that reinforces.
2: Other moves. Cornerback Josh Norman signing with the 49ers linebacker KJ Wright goes to the Raiders and Steelers trading a 2023 fifth round pick to Seattle for cornerback Kilio Witherspoon.
0: Josh Norman And K.J. Wright didn't even have to go to training camp. I mean, these guys did it right. Don't go to training camp. Miss the worst six weeks of the year. The worst six weeks of the job without missing really any money. You get like $1,500 a week or something for training camp. And as of Sunday, their salaries will be fully guaranteed. That is how you do it. Josh Norman and KJ Wright. And by the way, that's the type of thing you guys wouldn't hear other people talking about elsewhere, but that's that's the player's perspective that you get here on my show, which is these guys are geniuses. They just skipped all of training camp, and they still are going to get paid for every week when you get your salary, and it's fully guaranteed. Uh, as for Witherspoon, fifth-round pick is you know, that's decently high for the Steelers, so – Clearly, they, they still felt like they had a need there.
2: Tuck Stakes. Sad news out of Pittsburgh longtime uh, lineman and color analyst. Tunch Ilkin passed away at the age of 63 after a battle with ALS.
0: Yeah, this hurts. Uh, this hurts real bad on multiple levels. Uh, I knew Tunch very well. He actually came up to Buffalo when I was a player and told us about the Tunch Punch which was how to use your hands violently which he was really good at and then anytime I went to a Steelers game to broadcast it I would always talk with Tunch just a wonderful man wonderful human being uh you know now that I'm 42 63 feels way too young and you know anytime any former player has any issues with ALS, anything like that, you know, that that hits home for me, and especially when it's someone that I, I – you know, I, I would say we were friends. Uh, you know, I didn't have his phone number or anything. So that hurts, um, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, with Tunch and his family. No easy transition to me telling you guys about what I told you earlier, which is that 10,000, I'm a huge fan of their seven inch interval shorts with the liner and their versatile shirt. I'm literally wearing both right now. I wore their seven inch interval shorts yesterday when uh, I got after it in every way. Uh, There was many daddy sodas, which is why I'm knocking the cobwebs out. There was a lot of food. You guys gotta check out my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. In particular, Twitter. Uh, You can see the chicken I ate. You can see what what I was drinking. And uh, let's just put it this way. Yesterday, I was 253 when I woke up in the morning. Today, 262. Gained nine pounds yesterday. (laughs) And I think it's probably evenly spread between the food and the beverages. Now, I know a lot of it's water weight and a lot of it's like, the sodium or whatever, but it like literally that, that I can have a, I can have a big day like that (laughs) big day and night and gain that much weight. What am I even talking about right now? I'm supposed to be talking about uh 10,000 shorts and shirts. Here's what matters. Okay. Here's where, here's where it comes in. I love them. I love them both. Perfect workout shirt, lightweight, breathable, durable. I might've been involved in a lot of outdoor drinking games yesterday, And I literally wanted to be mobile. Like I wanted to be able to run around, to move, to be flexible. So I went 10,000. Like that was ever since I heard about them and I started wearing their stuff, I was like, nope, that's what I'm wearing. If I really need to be – I mean, look at this shirt. Look how like stretchy this shirt is. For those of you that watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And right now, by the way, 10,000 is offering our listeners – that would be you – 15% 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc and enter code Ross Tucker to receive 15% off your purchase. That is 10,000.cc and enter code Ross Tucker. I should mention, Bri, um, you know, I got I, I should have been doing this, frankly, for the Eagles preseason games. You know, I, was, I talk about it on social media, but I need to go over my... Press box food with you guys here. I did the Holy Cross at UConn game on Saturday. Very entertaining game. We had a defensive tackle, score a touchdown. Uh, Holy Cross, huge win for their program, their league. Uh, Very entertaining. I was very impressed by UConn Stadium, UConn's field. Very impressed by their press box food. I mean, first of all, they had breakfast sandwiches, sausage, egg, and cheese, and bacon, egg, and cheese. I may have had two sausage, egg, and cheese sandwiches. They also had like assorted donuts and bagels, which was awesome. Then that was breakfast. For lunch, they had pulled pork sandwich, brisket sandwich, mac and cheese. Here's the thing, though. They had already made the sandwiches for you, and they had them in their own little containers. So like in little boxes, like a to-go box. So you're just like, oh, I'll take this. I'll take that. Like you didn't have to no putting it together it was already put together for you and i loved it i mean i'm going to give them an a i mean maybe an a minus they didn't have any drinks other than water so maybe a minus but very impressed by yukon's press box food for a lot of different reasons shout outs of course pizza boy brewing sporta culture vision comics with an x humanheadnyc.com and steakhouse sports.com We are daily now. First power rankings of the season tomorrow. Get excited. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.